Today we're speaking on the Holy Spirit. We need him. <laughs> we need the Holy Spirit active in our lives. And sometimes I think we're um, maybe negligent or maybe uh, we just don't recognize how important the Spirit is to our life. I mean, everything that we know and everything that we understand, the Holy Spirit has brought, us, brought to us. You know, we don't conjure up God with our imagination. We allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, the third person of the Trinity. He empowers us. He inspires us. He brings the word of God to life in us. The scripture says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That the word of God is alive and the word of God is active. So this book here, without the Holy Spirit, is just a book. But the Holy Spirit inspired the writers, and the Holy Spirit inspires us as we read it. Now, does that mean that we're going to have... <laughs> well, I remember years ago there was a groups, they, they would... Um, they didn't need to have anyone teach them the Bible. It was just them and God. And um, it was really messed up. <laughs> they, were, they were so far off base that, you know, it doesn't work that way. God doesn't promote islands, and he doesn't promote the situation where we are off in our own little cave doing our own little thing, and we are against everybody that's out there. You know, and God doesn't work that way. And when, when God would appear to work that way, we've got it all, we've got it wrong. It isn't that God is trying to isolate, he's trying to bring people in. God is trying to bring people into the kingdom of God. He is trying to work with people. It would be like a hospital saying, you know what, we're not accepting any sick patients today. <laughs> you know, it'd be like the church would be saying, we don't have, we don't allow sinners into our church. Well, you know, the Bible, the, the, the kingdom of God has come to save us from our sins. The kingdom of God has come to bring us into new life and a new understanding of our relationship with Christ. And it's this newness that we have and this empowering of the Holy Spirit that makes the difference in us. And the scripture that I'm looking at today is in John chapter 14, beginning at verse 25 through 27. It says, I'm telling you these things while I am still with you. And this is Jesus giving this explanation. The friend, what a friend we have in Jesus. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. You see, when God, when Jesus was leaving, he left us with the Holy Spirit, that he would give us another. He would give us one just like himself. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He can be grieved. He can be rejected. He can be pushed aside. That the, the Holy Spirit is there at our, to be there for us, and we open our hearts to be receptive of what the Spirit wants to speak to us, how that the Spirit is going to teach us. And whenever we find ourselves being in isolation and being <laughs> pushing other people aside, that's not the work of the Holy Spirit. When do, you know, the Holy Spirit is there to bring people into the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit is there to convict us of our sins, help us rub off 
our rough edges, to be able to work on our own hearts and lives because we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So how are we going to be receptive to the new if we're rejecting anything that brings about some type of change? Well, there are many churches and there are many people that kind of, maybe they're offended by the, the work of the Holy Spirit, but it is, it is the Holy Spirit that works within our hearts and lives. And even though we people, even ourselves, don't understand everything that God is doing and why he is doing it, the Holy Spirit is there to teach us about the word and through the word and how that the word and how that Jesus Christ is made real to our lives. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of understanding. He is the spirit of counsel. We need the counsel of his word, his inspiration of the word to our lives. We need the application of that word to our lives. It is the Holy Spirit that empowers us. And whenever we go out to do or to live and to be part of our community, be part of our families, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to forgive, <laughs> helps us to be patient, it is the Holy Spirit that helps us to be kind. We don't want long-suffering. We don't want to suffer long, so we'll skip that one. It's the <laughs> no. But you see, it's the Holy Spirit that helps us to be long-suffering, to be enduring, that we are in this for the long haul. We are in this for, for the kingdom of God, and we are in this to see us through the difficulties and how that these difficulties that we face, we are more than a conqueror. How do we become more than a conqueror? Through just pre-determined, you know, be a determined mind, or is it a determined spirit that the Spirit gives to us to see us through the difficulties? We have a little, um, it's a video we found uh, the other day. And, it, huh? Tabby. Tabby sent it. And oh, I think it's kind of funny. It's about what, well, you'll listen to it. So we're part of a global enterprise. <laughs> and it is called the church. And the Holy Spirit is the one who makes that church, the body of Christ, what it is you know everything we know of god everything that we understand of god is in even whenever jesus is telling the disciples he will remind you so jesus is even telling the disciples as they are going to put this all together afterwards you know he's letting them know beforehand before his death and his resurrection he's letting them know that he is going to help them remember and understand what all this is about because they don't understand. They don't see beyond their daily routines and the things that Jesus is doing and that he's, you know, they want him to set up a kingdom. They want him to throw out the Romans and they want the, the Jewish nation to be restored and he's a king and everybody goes around, they're going to be their little kingdoms and have their own little thrones, the 12 disciples. And they have all this in mind and Jesus is telling them, guys, this isn't what it's about but you don't understand, and I can't explain it to you right now, but I'm leaving you well and whole, okay? I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't, I, I don't leave you the way you're uh, used to being left, uh, feeling abandoned and bereft, 
So don't be upset. Don't be distraught. So God is saying to us that he is sending us, he is giving to us the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is to move upon us. See, we need the power from on high. The power from on high, empowerment. Empowerment. It's a great big word. Empowerment. But it means to be strengthened. It means to be aided. It means that the anointing of the Spirit is going to be upon our lives. It's a divine unction, a divine presence that lets us know we can do this. It's a divine presence that lets us know we can make it. It's the divine understanding that the Spirit is there saying to our hearts and to our minds, we can do this. We can make this happen, God and I together. Not, I can do this if I just become stubborn enough and strong-willed enough. You know, uh, in watching the History Channel, you, um, I, I, I like to watch World War II and, you know, the, thing, the documentaries and things on the war and, and trying to, I don't want to try and understand Hitler, but uh, <laughs> some of the things that they would talk about and how that, he, he looked at what he was doing, and if he could just will it to happen. And his hatred of the Jewish people and his, his will to dictate and rule people. And he did everything. If you could just be strong-willed enough, you could make it happen. And we almost, <laughs> the world was almost conquered by this person who felt that a strong will was all that you needed and that you could will things into accomplishment and will things into actions. And he did that. He started the war and 50, 53 million people died because of this one man's strong willed. <laughs> 53 million. And we look at how, that, how many people are saved because of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on our lives to make a difference in the people around us. How many people are affected for good because of the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives? And we are part of a global organization. <laughs> we are part of a global organization that we are touching the lives of people around the world because of our gifts and our offerings, our prayers, that we are making a difference not only here but in Africa. We're making a difference not only here but for the homeless in Johnstown, but we are touching the orphans in Egypt, the Lillian Thrasher Orphanage. You see, we are part of something that is greater than ourselves, and the Holy Spirit comes with his own, with his anointing and his unction, and God will give to us in our moment of need he will give to us exactly what we need. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to recognize, to distinguish, to know the difference between right and wrong. <laughs> you say, well, we all know that. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, do we really know what is the right spirit? What is the human spirit? What is God's spirit and what is evil? You see, you had a whole nation of people swept off their feet by a person who willed himself to be ruler and wanting to 
take his people someplace that they couldn't have gone without him. That was Hitler. And they didn't, couldn't understand the difference between right and wrong. And that even testimonies of the people that were swept up in this movement said we lost our ability to distinguish. We lost our ability to know the difference between right and wrong. And people are not necessarily, well, some people, (laughs) I don't know how to say this one. Um, Being able to trust, is, is is everybody an evil person? No. By their fruits shall all men know them. You see, it is, it is a gifting of the Spirit, but it's also a gifting of our knowledge that when we bite into an apple and find a half a worm, that the apple is wormy. <laughs> okay? But where we lose our ability is whenever we say, I hate apples. All apples are wormy. And we never eat another apple. And you see, we are convinced because of our logic and because of our understanding, because of what we know, what we've seen, what we've experienced. Because of that, we are convinced that all apples have worms. Well, how do you know that? Well, I ate an apple once. (laughs) And you see, in our lives, God is at, at work changing us and that we are growing and becoming and, and I, a few weeks ago, I thought of this, and that God does not hold our past against us. He holds our future in front of us. If we can't let go of what has, been, what has gone wrong in our lives, if we can't allow God to forgive us completely, that past will haunt us. God is not haunting us. See, knowing the difference between right and wrong The right spirit of Christ in our life will let us know that God does not remember our past. He never uses it against us. It's forgiven. What he does is is present to us our future. He presents to us an unveiling of his word. He presents to us power to accomplish Strength to accomplish, wisdom to accomplish, knowledge to accomplish, peace to accomplish, a divine will for tomorrow. That he will give us the light to our path. I was thinking if I I brought a flashlight in today, (laughs) I didn't bring it, but uh, (laughs) I thought about it. And um, I was going to use it another time, but... I didn't bring it, but I'm thinking of it, so I'll use it. (laughs) If you have a light, flashlight, and we turn it on, and we shine it around, we'd say, a flashlight doesn't work. Why? Well, it's not working. It doesn't light anything up. But you come here at midnight when there's no lights on, and you turn the flashlight on, it works. You know, sometimes we don't have the ability to distinguish light in the light. Sometimes we see different people's light shining in our eyes and we think, wow, that's the light. You know, and there's light all around us. But when we have been called to be the light in darkness, 
that we are to be the light of Jesus Christ, the light of the world, that we are to have the light of Christ shining in our lives, and that whenever we enter the darkness, there's a light on. There is, there is a light inside of us that illuminates the darkness. You know, all of us are called to be the light. The light of Christ and the power of the Spirit is where we get our charge. <laughs> you know, if you don't have the battery and you don't have the charge, the light isn't going to shine. But when the power of the Spirit is in our life and whenever we are in the darkness, we find that the light of Jesus Christ shines greatly. And the people in the dark have seen a great light. They have seen Christ. So we find that the Holy Spirit wants us to be able to distinguish, to know the difference between right and wrong, to know the difference of what is human, what is divine, and what is evil. And they can all be, des- they can all be dressed up in different formats but what's in the heart that's what we're judged by because God wants to change our heart for out of the abundance of the heart we speak and out of the abundance of the heart we see out of the abundance of the heart we do we are alive in Christ you see he designs we are designed to receive the gifts of the spirit fruits of the spirit We are designed for those fruits and gifts to be part of our lives. That we are designed that the Holy Spirit would put these perfect matches of the Holy Spirit, perfect matches of his gifts and of his fruits. We are designed for those things to become part of our life, that they would fit. They're a perfect match for us. Because of where we are at and the need that we are faced with, God is there to insert, empower us to accomplish this. That it is in there, it is part of us, and as we go through our daily lives, we see the power of God at work in us. We see the open doors. We see the almost tragedies that bypass us because God has been there to see us through, to take care of us. And if we run into the wall... (laughs) We needed to run into the wall. I don't know why. <laughs> Ask God, you know. <laughs> Ask him when you talk to him. You know, I mean, I, this, this story, I, used, I, thought I spoke about this, but it's still funny. Uh, this lady's on an airplane, and uh, the guy says to her, you believe everything that's in that book? And uh, she says, yes. And uh, he says, well, you mean even that story where some guy got swallowed by a fish, a whale? She says, yes, I believe it. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask him. And he says to her, well, what if he's not in heaven? And she says, well, then you can ask him. (laughs) That's funny. I thought, you know, you can ask him. So in our lives, we have this power of the Spirit that fits perfectly into our lives. And the Holy Spirit had a very daunting task. God's way of putting people right shows up in the acts of faith. That's in Romans chapter 1, verse 16. I have news. I'm most proud to proclaim this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him. God has this powerful plan to rescue, to 
it isn't, you know, sometimes rescuing, you know, snatch them out of the difficulties. Well, Jonah wasn't snatched out of them. He was thrown into them. And when he was thrown into his difficulties, he was swallowed by the great fish, the prepared fish. And he was in this fish. And we know that it's correct because Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the heart of the fish, so will I be three days and three nights in the earth. Jesus legitimatizes Jonah's experience. And we see where his failure, Jonah's failure, worked out to a divine good that even became the illustration that Jesus would use about his death and resurrection. God is not interested in our failures. He doesn't hold them against us. He uses them in a way that challenges and changes. And the gifts of the Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit are as we have need of. You see, God will not empower us to sit in the armchairs of life and be a critique and critique everybody that walks down the street and everybody we know and that we have this spiritual gift of telling people what's wrong with them. And that's not a spiritual gift. Um, God has given us the power of his spirit to become what he wants us to be and that as we face the difficulties, as we face the problems, as we face them, the Holy Spirit is coming and, and, and providing for us wisdom and knowledge and peace and joy and, and strength and the application of truth to our daily life. God is bringing those things and he's, he's whispering them in our ear. He's whispering them to our spirit to say that this is what I have for you. It's not about failure. It's about how that I'm going to take you through this. It's how that I am going to take you beyond this. You see, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. God doesn't come to kick us out of the kingdom. He comes to empower us to be part of his church, part of that body that operates around the world. And that the Christians that are being executed in the Far East, we need to pray for them because they are suffering for their faith in Jesus Christ. They are being executed because they believe in Jesus. And we need to pray for them. We need to be part, we need to join our hearts with them, and we need to pray for them, that God will give them the strength in these times to go through their trials and that they will be at peace. So the Holy Spirit is about building the body of Christ, empowering the body of Christ, and the church is built upon the truth that he is the Son of God. Jesus is the Son of God. And the Holy Spirit comes to our lives and he confirms it with signs and wonders. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up in a church, um, always, you know, God is going to do signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Can anybody tell me what a sign is? <laughs> what a wonder is? The sign and wonder of the Holy Spirit? Um, when I was 
growing up, if you had your leg cut off, God would grow you a new leg. Sign and wonder. If, but it's, and I don't mock that because God's done it. Blinded eyes open. Lame walk. All that. All that's there. Sign and wonder. The sign and wonders is that a sign is the mark of God. The sign. The um, Jews that are, what do they call the, um, they wear the, the boxes on their foreheads. <laughs> they, they, they have the scriptures tied to their arms and on their foreheads. They put them on the doorposts of their homes. That everywhere they look around, there is the sign of God, the mark of God upon their life. The sign and wonders of the Holy Spirit not only are the blind see and the lame walk, the sign and the wonder of the Holy Spirit is that he has the mark, his mark is upon everything that we do. <laughs> everything that we do, it is there that the mark of God is upon it. That people's lives that we touch and we talk to, that we give to, that there's a mark on, there's an imprint on that life. And the imprint is the Holy Spirit, the sign of God. We often we talk about, uh, well, in the end time, the mark of the beast is 666. Well, what is the mark of God? The, the Bible already says that his children are marked for him. We have the mark of God on our life. The mark of God. That, it's like his name is written. <laughs> our name is written in his book of life. His name is written upon our hearts. Hmm. Signs and wonders that whatever we do has his mark and that whatever we wonder, whatever we, um, and the word means, if I find it here, the mark of God is God's mark and, where is it? We seek to do the impossible. We, the wonder is that that which is, that which is beyond our natural ability to accomplish. We would question how it could ever be done. The mark of God is upon the completion of that which we doubt, question, could ever be done. That God's mark and God's ability to do what we cannot do. And that is the Holy Spirit working in our lives, that, that whatever we would say would have his mark on it. It would be by the unction of the Spirit, and we know what is not the unction of the Spirit, cursings and swearing and, and belittling and lying and, and, ta and uh, gossiping and those types of things. Those are not the mark of God, but truth and love, purpose, grace, mercy, forgiveness, mark of God. <laughs> and the wonder is that we would we would allow God to receive glory in everything that is said and done. The signs and wonders, yes, the lame walk, yes, the blind see, yes, the deaf hear, yes, that God is God's purpose and his mark is upon my forgiveness of those who have hurt me, my love for those who don't love me, my understanding towards those who are not understanding towards me. That's the mark of God. It's a wonder, right? It's a wonder that we would ever do that. <laughs> but it's a wonder, it's God's Holy Spirit. His Spirit 
convicting, confirming, affirming what he is about. And this is the challenge, that we allow the Spirit of God, we allow the Holy Spirit and the gifts of his Spirit that, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, 4 through 14, 4 through 11, these are listing the gifts of the Spirit. But before we get to the gifts, and I'm not going to go into the different gifts, but I want to read the, the verse, verse 4. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. You see, God is not um, being stingy with his gifts. Like, you've got to measure up, you've got to do this, and you you walk this, and you, you do that. No, God's gifts are handed out everywhere. But they all originate in God's spirit. We would do the signs and wonders that God has for us. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere. And they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in actions everywhere. The action of God's power is everywhere. Now, what special people qualify for this? What special people qualify for this? Anybody got an idea? Everyone. So everybody that's here, raise your hand. You qualify. (laughs) And everywhere the Holy Spirit is handing these gifts out to every one of us to accomplish the signs and wonders, the mark of God upon what we would wonder how it could ever be done in our lifetime and through us. God is at work. God is at work. God is at work by his Spirit in our heart to forgive, to love, to pray for those who despitefully use us, pray for our enemies, pray for those who are being hurt in the Middle East, pray for those who are homeless in Johnstown, pray for those, our neighbors and our friends, and the neighbors and friends who are not friends and neighbors, (laughs) to pray for them, the mark of God, signs and wonders. That's a sign and a wonder that I'd ever pray for somebody who hurts me. But the thing is, it is God who does it. He changes my heart, and that is a sign God is inside of me. (laughs) And it is a wonder that God has forgiven me of my sins, and he will forgive them of theirs. Amen? Shall we stand? (laughs) You know, as you look at Look around, look in the mirror. You're a sign, you're a wonder. (laughs) Go ahead, tell somebody that. You're a sign, you're a wonder. (laughs) And so am I. (laughs) Amen? We are a sign and we are a wonder. You got the mark of God on your forehead. Yes. (laughs) This This last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday. I went around with the ashes on their foreheads. It's a mark. People have committed, you know, it's, it's, we don't do that or we do it, but we don't practice it that much. 
have done it and things, I have nothing against it. It's just the idea that we are marked with that. Even if we don't put ashes on our forehead, or if we do put ashes on our forehead, we are marked with God's call. We're marked by his presence. We're marked by the Holy Spirit. And all of the gifts fit neatly into our lives as we need them for our work of service. Amen? God, we open our hearts to you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit that touches our lives. For those, O Lord, that are unable to be here, God, we pray you touch their lives. We pray you touch them and help them. For those who are homeless, God, not only do we pray for them, we pray that you would use your body, your church, use us to help meet their needs. God, for those who are suffering, their lives are being taken. God, I pray that you give them strength for in their hour of need, God, you will empower them to see you, to look beyond what is going on to where they shall be. So, Lord, help us to look beyond where we are at and see your hand of provision and power working in us. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Ha, ha, ha.